So before I get into all the rest of the welcome, I just wanted to take a moment to actually just offer our welcome as the Bridge Church community to all of you. And I had the, I found this poem, Jan Richardson, favorite of mine, and I just wanted to start with this welcome blessing. And when she talks about making a place at the table, one of the um, one of the things that we like to be really clear about um, for our community is that when we say we make a place at the table, it's more like we're preparing what's already yours. We're not allowing. The table is not ours. The table belongs to Jesus, belongs to God. It belongs to all of us because all are welcome at God's table. So here's a welcome blessing for this morning. When you are lost in your own life, when the landscape you have known falls away, when your familiar path becomes foreign and you find yourself a stranger in the story you had held most dear, then let yourself be lost. Let yourself leave that place whose contours, for a place whose contours you do not already know, whose cadences you have not learned by heart. Let yourself land on a threshold that mirrors the mystery of your own bewildered soul. It will come as a surprise what arrives to welcome you through the door, making a place for you at the table and calling you by your name. Let what comes, come. Let the glass be filled. Let the light be tended. Let the hands lay before you what will meet you in your hunger. Let the laughter, let the sweetness that enters, the sorrow, let the solace that comes as sustenance and sudden unbidden grace for what comes offer gladness for what greets you with kindly welcome offer thanks offer blessing for those who gathered you in and will not be forgotten those who when you were a stranger made a place for you at the table and called you by your name welcome here this morning we're still continuing with our Jesus at the center of our everyday. So the question for today is, how have you experienced God's presence in your life? So if you want, if you have a thought that you want to share with us, please just unmute yourself and, and go ahead and share there. When I think about God's presence in my life, um, I think that there are a lot more ways that I would count as God's presence in my life than I would have when I was younger. I always thought that um, God's presence would be like earth shattering. And I have uh, found very often that, that God comes in quieter ways, sometimes really big ways too. Like there, there have been moments where I've experienced God, where it's like, it's this full body experience. And I've it's been incredible, but I find very often there is just in stillness, like right now, I feel God's presence when I'm sitting outside and I hear birds. And it's because I found out, and this, of course, you probably already all knew this. I didn't know this. Birds only sing when they feel safe. And there's something about feeling this, like, I don't know, this, this safety of the birds are singing the safety of the world around me. And there's something about that that connects me with God's presence. So that, 
that is that. Ah, oh, Sarah is in the comments. She's got, um, she had a memory of terrible turbulence over Greenland and praying her head off, Lord have mercy, and the peace that came when she prayed that over and over. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Thanks for sharing that, Sarah. I should say, if you don't feel like unmuting yourself, feel free to type it in the comments as well. Morgan's saying that she feels God's presence when she's performing on stage or when I watch musicians on stage. Yeah, I love that. I've mentioned many times that um, herons are a reminder of God's presence with me. And uh, yesterday we were traveling into Vancouver to go to uh, a service where a good friend of mine was being ordained. And, um, and there we go down the freeway. And suddenly there's a heron flying in my in my view as I'm driving. And I, I didn't, I mean, I wasn't in any sort of peril or I don't think I was in any sort of peril or I didn't specifically need to know that God was with me, but it was just this sweet little reminder again um, that every day, no matter my circumstances, um, they're with me. And I always appreciate that. Thank you. I experience God's presence uh, in the forest, in nature, and um, canoeing or kayaking on still water. <laughs> it was rough. <laughs> That'd be a different matter. But sometimes when I'm going through terrible difficulties, I think, well, I am thankful for God's presence. And I think how much worse would I don't, I've, how much worse would it be if suddenly God was absent? Like, I don't, don't know God's absence. I know his presence. Hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Kathy. That's great. Got a couple more in the comments. Jeff just said that he uh, feels God's presence in nature when witnessing human emotion, including his own, and especially when I breathe or we become aware of your breath. It's quite a thing to actually become aware of your breath. And um, I would, that that's a really, I've, I've had similar thoughts uh, on that one. Thanks for reminding me of that, Jeff, and for sharing that. And then we've got from the Bacon family, the voices of the little ones at the school I work at singing praise with so much gusto. Ah, that is a great moment. Thank you for sharing that. And then Taryn's just sharing whenever she slows down and focuses on just being. They become way more aware of God's presence. Yeah. That's really good. I think as I go on, I'm, I'm reminded when I am struggling, I find it hard to slow down. And God, I think, sends me people because people actually help slow me down. And I, I have, um, I've seen God through people and to receive that as a gift, not that it, it, that's also been through people has been a big one for me. We've got Sarah and I'm 
uh, a different Sarah, as a healthcare worker, it's when I see the complexities of the human body and how intricately put together we are. Yes, that's beautiful. Thank you, Sarah. One from Lynn here, late at night when everyone else is asleep and I slow down and do the Lectio meditation. Yes, that's beautiful. That's a great, great practice, Lynn. Thanks for sharing that. All right. Yep. And so, um, if there's anybody else that has anything that they want to share, I'll just give a couple seconds here for you to unmute yourself. We'd love to hear from you. And um, if not, then we'll move on. Okay, so on that, I think maybe what I'll invite us to do, if you are able or you want to, I just invite you to like put your hand on your heart and your heart space there. And then maybe we would just take a breath together and breathe in and pause and breathe out and just become aware of all of us together experiencing God here in our community together. So with that, I wanna pass it on to Mark and Leah and they're gonna do communion and then they're gonna pray for Kathy and bring, bring her on in for us. So thanks so much for doing this, Mark and Leah. We're really glad to have you here this morning. Good. Thank you so much, Karina. Um, I want to talk as you, you're gathering um, your um, goldfish crackers or uh, <laughs> your juice or wine, um, whatever you have for elements. I'll like, give you time to <clears throat> gather that as you, some of you rush to the kitchen, some of you have it in front of you right now. Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, the variety of communion, the traditions that are out there. It's very interesting. We go through it in our church and, and uh, we celebrate this, but just give you a little bit of background, which is kind of Kind of fun and interesting to know many of you come from many different traditions and so you look at it and say okay well there's something different here too the roman catholic belief is that the bread and wine are transformed into the actual body blood soul and divinity of christ the orthodox church <clears throat> very interesting calls for fasting before communion um, hoping that people will be hungry for god uh, the more traditional churches like the um uh, liturgical Protestant churches like Anglican, Episcopalian, Lutheran congregations, they tend to sort of have, have a communion where it's from a church leader, sometimes kneeling at an altar. The non-denominational churches um, make available the elements allowing those attending to approach tables themselves for elements or pass them around or even our own elements at home in a Zoom service like ours today. This approach stems from a greater focus on an individual's direct interaction with God within community. But a common thread in all of these traditions is the focus of communion as a powerful way to remember Christ's sacrifice and experience that love and affirmation as God's children and to celebrate that relationship, all of us affirmed by Christ. You gathered your elements. Uh, we'll go through the communion this time. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. All who come to me shall not hunger. All who believe in me shall not thirst. We gather around these symbols of bread and wine, elements of both nourishment and transformation. 
Let's pray. Loving God, you are as close to us as our breath. Your love is constant and unfailing. Thank you for that. Remember on the night when Jesus and his disciples and the disciples had their last meal. Jesus took the bread, gave thanks, and gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body, which is broken for you. Take and eat it, and remember me. In the same way, he took the cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to the disciples, saying, Drink this, all of you. This cup is the new covenant poured out for you and for many. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. <clears throat> in the symbol of the cup, we participate in the new life that Christ brings. Let's pray. We give thanks, loving God, that you've refreshed us at your table. Strengthen our faith. Increase our love for one another. May we go out into the world to plant seeds of transformation, affirmation, and hope. Amen. Amen. And I'd just like to pray for our friend Kathy before she speaks. Father God, we, we thank you for blessing Kathy, her calm, her peace, her heart, and her words, Lord. We also thank you for blessing the ears and the hearts of the listeners today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Kathy. Good morning. Um, I'd like to introduce myself to those of you who may not know me or may not know me very well, very briefly. Um, I was born in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I'm now a dual citizen. I went to college in Minneapolis studying psychology and art. And then later I landed at uh, CLBI, Lutheran Bible School in Camrose, Alberta. And then I got invited to be the youth worker and parish worker at the Lutheran Church in uh, Mission. And I shopped at the House of James, which was in Mission at the time. And I received excellent service from the owner. I dated Lando for 28 days, got engaged and married him 10 days before my work permit expired. So uh, three and a half months from date, first date to marriage. <laughs> yes, it worked out. Um, it's Trinity Sunday today, in case you didn't know that. And it's the one, it's the Sunday observed in the calendar year after Easter and Pentecost. Last Sunday, Morgan talked about the Holy Spirit. As if the Holy Spirit isn't tricky enough today, I'm reflecting on the Holy Trinity and hoping to make that perfectly clear. No, <laughs> but I am going to reflect on the Holy Trinity. I think we will never on earth, or maybe even in heaven, fully understand what, how, and who the Holy Trinity is. And that's okay to be mystified about our big glorious God, who is the Trinity. To be respect, it's respectfully honest and fabulously reassuring. We need a God bigger than our understanding. Is God God in three persons? Is it one God with three personalities? Maybe one God with three distinct roles? Um, there is a triangle drawing you may have seen. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. The Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not the Father. But in the middle of the triangle, where they all unite, God. They are all God. 
Um, just because we cannot comprehend who the Trinity is does not mean that we cannot know the Trinity. And the Trinity does know us. Let's take a brief tour of some of the amazing facets of the wondrously tender Trinity. God the creator. God is the loving artist who created everything and everyone from nothing. No humans as imaginative and creative as we can be have ever done that. We've made lots of cool things from things, but never nothing, never anything from nothing. God did though. And what God did was amazing. And it seemed to give God joy making and creating and seeing his creations completed. I love how creator God shows us love through the beauty of creation. It could have just been all so practical. Every flower could have had the same shape of petals and the exact same number of stamen. Uh, every tree could have had the same shape of leaf. Human eyes could have been uh, machine-like glazed metal in appearance. But human eyes not only see, they show emotion, love, fear, concern, joy, eyebrows up, help. <laughs> I think that God's statement of everything being good is a very big understatement. It's all incredible. Um, there's a slide we're gonna read uh, from Genesis. In the beginning, Genesis, pardon me, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Yes, spirit of God. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and he called the darkness night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. And on to verse 14. Then God said, let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, the days, the years. Let these lights in the sky shine down on the earth. And that's what happened. God made two great lights, the larger one to govern the day and the smaller one to govern the night. And he also made the stars. God set these lights in the sky to light the earth, to govern the day and the night and separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. I have a very vivid childhood memory from maybe when I was five years old. My family arrived home one summer evening and I was walking from the car to the back door of our house. I was filled with awe as I stared with wonder at heaven shining through the tiny holes in the velvety blanket that was the night sky. How? I asked my daddy. How did those holes get in the sky? I think my dad was a little sorry to explain that the stars were lights in the night sky. There was no blanket. There was no heaven shining through the blanket. But still, little me knew the one who made the stars. And I loved him. And I knew he loved me. I hope this next bit of our service will be a special treat to you. Orlando has a cousin, Ray Weens, who built himself his own telescope and specializes in photography of the night sky. Uh, you can find him online. Wintz Photography on Instagram, or if you search Instagram just for Ray Wintz. And he uh, gladly said I could share these slides with you. Okay, here we go. 
the graceful winding arms of the majestic spiral galaxy M51 appear like a grand spiral staircase sweeping through space. At 31 million light years from Earth, it contains 160 billion solar masses. What a sight to a telescope. The Great Andromeda Galaxy contains 200 billion stars and is two and a half million years from Earth. It could have already exploded as it, and not even existed for two million years as the image we are looking at left the galaxy over two and a half million years ago. On a dark night, you can see this with your eyes. Also, the photo are, in the photo are galaxies N32 and M110. Our creator has made at least 125 billion other galaxies. And the creator knows your name. This is Veil Nebula. It's an exploded star and the gases are moving away from the former center. And this is Heart and Soul Nebula. Can you see the heart? And then Horsehead Nebula. Can you see the horse? I've tried to see the horse. Landa would say it's obvious. Anyways, uh, this Horsehead Nebula is 1300 light years from Earth and it's part of the constellation Orion. It's amazing. It's just so amazing. Ray told me that out of the people who are astronomers, 90% of them believe there is a God. They see this wonder and they just can't not believe. They have to believe, they just do, they're convinced. Now I'm gonna read Psalm eight while his Northern Lights uh, slides are shown. So enjoy these while I read to you. Oh, this is Psalm eight. Oh Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. You have taught children and infants to tell of your strength, silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. When I look at the night sky and I see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place, what are mere mortals that you should think of them? Human beings that you should care for them. Yet you made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You gave them charge of everything you made, putting all things under their authority the flocks, the herds, the wild animals, the birds, the skies, the fish in the sea, and everything that swims in the ocean currents. Oh Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills all the earth. Uh, I wanna show you a picture, yes, these guys. Uh, speaking of wonder, this is little uh, Jax, is the younger one, he's two. And he is spotting ants. You can't see it, but he's got a little blade of grass in his hand that he's pointing with. Grandma, Grandma, come see a bug. So, of course, I get down low and I look and there's a little ant and it has a yellow, we said, lunch in his mouth. And then another guy with his lunch. So there they were these little ants with their yellow lunches in their mouths, parading along the freshly planted grass. Living in wonder requires pauses and they're good for us. May we never grow to be too old or too proud to take in the small wonders 
So we spent a little bit of time viewing some of God's creations in the sky. Aren't they amazing? I thought it was so generous of uh, God, for well, of Ray to let to share them, and of God to make them primarily. Um, so now we're going to move on to talking about God as Father. Uh, Jesus spoke of God as Father, and he taught us to pray to him using that title. It's a picture of relationship, parent and child. And I want to say it could be painful to think of God as a parent, uh, of God as a parent, a mother or father, if one's parents were abusive, and maybe even more so if this happened in the church. If this is you, if this is your experience, I want to say, I am so sorry. Perhaps God, the father, mother, parent, can become the loving, safe parent you've always wanted and needed. Each day, may you be carried in these safe arms of love. Father God is love. Parent God is one who hears, protects, provides. Mother God is one who shelters like a mother hen shelters her chicks under her wings. God sees us. And before creation of the world, he knew he would make us and he would love us. God is merciful and gracious, faithful and true. He's powerful and mighty, but not arrogant or mean. If you look closely at Jesus and how he acted, what he did and what he said and who he is, you will know what the father is like. As we move on to talking about Jesus, I thought, hey, this would be a good time to look at the Nicene Creed that speaks of the core beliefs that the bridge holds dear and um, or actually holds to be true. If it's new to you, uh, just read it and see what you think. Look for the Trinity, Trinity described in it. And if you already believe it, confess it with your whole heart. And if you want to unmute, we can make kind of a holy mess of sound here. Thank you. Okay, what do we believe? Here comes the slide. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, begotten from the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made of the same essence as the Father, through whom all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. He became incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and was made human. He was crucified for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. The third day rose again, according to the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again with glory to judge the living and the dead. His kingdom will never end. And we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life. He proceeds from the Father and the Son, and with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified. He spoke through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic. That means everybody, all the churches, an apostolic church. We affirm one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look forward to the resurrection of the dead and to the life in the world to come. Amen. Jesus is our Savior. 
He's probably the member of the Trinity that we hear most about. And this, he probably, well, he's the only one who actually visited Earth. So he's um, well known historically. The Jews were expecting a Messiah, um, but it wasn't, it was, Jesus was not who they expected. The expectation was more for an earthly king, a military or political figure who would rescue them from their long held position of being dominated by others. Jesus is radical though. He came for many reasons, but military might was not one of them. Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. He's one with the father. He came to show us what the father is like in case we got it wrong. He came to defeat the power of sin, death and evil. And he calls us his sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. We call him shepherd, redeemer, friend, brother, God's son. The man on the left is my brother and the man on the right is his best friend. And he is a rancher. And he decided that he would like to shepherd part-time. So he got himself some sheep. Yes, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them. Now, the sheep who's eating and has the hay on his head, a moment before this photo, actually had the entire bucket on his head, enthusiastically enjoying his, his lunch. And then in the next slide, we see the sheep coming. They hear the voice of the shepherd and they are coming. They're also gonna, coming to him, they're also gonna get some lunch. Jesus is for the last, the least and the lost. Those that society did not and usually does not value. He cared for women and he stood up for their just treatment. He loved children and suggested that we be more like them. Wonder and trust come to mind. Uh, I have a memory of our little boy, Stephen. We were at a church and the sermon was going on. Stephen was never a kid to sit still or appear to listen. But this day, the pastor was acting out the story of the leper who was going to be healed. And we could hear the thoughts of the leper, of the leper's uh, yeah, the pastor was saying those thoughts out loud, like, hmm, I wonder if, uh, I wonder if I should ask Jesus to heal me. I'd sure like not to have leprosy anymore. Um, I wonder if he would he heal me. Should I ask him? And little Steve, who was about four, jumped on, on the pew and said, yes, he can. Yes, he can. Stephen, just a little guy. And he already had this trust. He knew that Jesus would heal the leper. I don't even know if we'd read that story to him yet. Jesus was involved in creation along with the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. The, the, um, they were not created, but they always existed with the Father. Jesus is approachable and easy to talk to. He listens to the honest and humble heart. That means you don't have to be fake. You can just, just be you. Uh, no groveling required. I asked my grandson, Koa, who is nine, what his favorite thing about Jesus is. And right away he said, Jesus is kind. And then he said, and he forgives our really, really big mistakes. I'm thankful Koa knows that already. 
Jesus said uh, one time he was talking about commandments and he said, this is the most important one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Wouldn't that be world changing, hey? And then onto a slide from Romans that we can look at together. Romans 5, verses 1 and 2, and 3 and 5. By entering into faith, into what, has God, into what God has always wanted you to for us, set us right with him, make us fit for him, we have it all together because of Jesus, our master. There is more to come. We continue to shout our praises even when we're hemmed in with troubles. Oh, we missed a part. Is there another part? Okay, maybe I jumped ahead. I'll read my I'll read my notes here to you. By entering through faith into what God has always wanted to do for us, set us right with him, make us fit for him. We have it all together with God because of our master Jesus. And that's not all. Here's my favorite part. We throw open our doors to God and discover at the same moment that he has already thrown his door open to us. We find ourselves standing where we always hoped we might stand, out in the wide open spaces of God's grace and glory, standing tall and shouting our praises. There is more to come. We continue to shout our praises, even when we're hemmed in with troubles, because we know how troubles can develop passionate patience in us, and how patience in turn forges the tempered steel of virtue, keeping us alert for whatever God will do next. In alert expectancy such as this, we're never left feeling shortchanged. Quite the contrary. We can't round up enough containers to hold everything God generously pours into our lives through the Holy Spirit. And I thought about that last part about in times of trouble. And I thought, what is it that God generously pours into our lives through the Holy Spirit? And I thought part of it, maybe a big part of it, might be that we reach out and help and support each other. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit is talked about as coming upon people uh, and leading them in miraculous ways. When Jesus was going to return to heaven, it was very important to him that um, his followers know that he was sending his Holy Spirit to be with them always filling them, leading them, correcting them, and reminding them of things that he had taught them. Teacher, influencer, comforter, reminder, convincer, the one who would lead us into all truth. What does the Holy Spirit sound like? Like Jesus. The Holy Spirit never speaks in demeaning tones, never shames, never name calls like you might see in comments on Facebook. Let's look at uh, this slide, John 16. I have still many things to tell you, Jesus says. I can't, you can't handle them right now. But when the friend comes, the spirit of truth, he will take you by the hand and guide you into all the truth there is. He won't draw attention to himself, but he will make sense of, about, about what is going to happen. And indeed, out of all that I have done and said, he will honor me. He will take from me and deliver to you. Everything the Father has is also mine. That's why I said 
he takes from me and delivers it to you. The Holy Spirit is the part of God that can actually fit inside human. That's what I've told my grandkids. Last week, the topic of baptism in the Holy Spirit came up. And uh, Paul in Acts said to his, uh, said to some new Christians, hey, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? No, they replied, we haven't even heard there is a Holy Spirit. So of course, Paul told them about him. Uh, the Holy Spirit is available to all believers. Now, can we have some of the Holy Spirit or just a bit of the Holy Spirit or how does that work? Well, I say the Holy Spirit fills up every part of the heart that we make available to him. So as we know, human heart can be full of a lot of things. It can be full of generosity, kindness, then it can be filled with worry, regret, um, anger, distrust, a lot of things. And if you don't want all those things crowding up your heart, um, I find it helpful, and I learned this from somebody else, to confess. Confess means say the same thing as. So you have a conversation with Jesus and say, uh, I'm not comfortable with this and this in my heart. What do you see? And he'll help you sort through. And um, you make more space. You give more permission to the Holy Spirit to have freedom and kind of just tunes your ears to and your heart to him. Again, no groveling required. I'd like to tell you about how a couple stories about how the Holy Spirit has led me or has been with me. One story is from when my daughter Amy was about nine months old and I got violently dizzy with vertigo for about nine months. You try to be a mom to two little girls with vertigo. So I would crawl across the carpet to reach them and change their diaper. I would um, have to prop myself against the kitchen counter and it was positional vertigo. So I'd hold my head still and wash the dishes like this with my tripod formation of legs and hips against the counter. Anyways, uh, one day the girls were having a nap and I laid down on the couch and laying still for a while would bring, uh, make the dizziness settle down. And I said something to God, it wasn't much. I just said, oh, like, this is awful. And he said, well, first I felt a wing go over me. You know, we heard that earlier about sheltering. And then I heard the words, not out loud, but in my head, I know. It was enough. It was enough. He didn't make my dizziness go away. There were still a few more months of it. But the comfort that came from that wing and from him saying, I know, was enough. The Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. Another very amazing time happened in my life because of teaching our oldest daughter's grade nine Sunday school class. We got to know the kids very well. And at a church lunch sponsored by the youth, I gazed across the gymnasium, which was nearly empty because the kids were cleaning it up. And I saw a boy from our class, Steve, and I said to God, I, I ruined my heart for that boy. And that was it. Move ahead two years. Lando and I are helping the youth form a praise band for their gatherings. 
And one night I was visiting with Steve and I thought, uh, even though he was only nearing the end of grade 11, I thought I'd ask him what he was going to do after grade 12. Then a miracle took place. He said he was going to move to Alberta soon and live with his birth dad. And his birth dad was for many reasons not good for him. And his stepdad was not either. And Steve was seeking to escape. Well, this night, I heard, literally, I'm talking to Steve, and I heard God talk out loud to me in my right ear. And um, God would suggest the question that I should next ask Steve, and he would say what, that, what Steve's answer meant. And then I heard God say, now, I knew exactly what this meant. I had told God two years earlier, I have room in my heart for this boy. And now God was telling him and telling me now is the time. Later, when I told Steve my side of the story, he says, oh, you did look distracted. Well, yes, nothing had ever happened to me like that ever before or since. The next morning, Lando had the day off and we spent the day talking, praying, talking to youth leaders, talking to our own kids. And we wrote Steve a letter telling him about our family and asking him if he would like to live with us uh, till he was career ready, live with us as a son until he was career ready. Ten days later, with his mother's blessing, he moved in. I taught him how to drive. It was a good way to get to know somebody. But actually, we, he had driving lessons too. But that time on the road together was very good. He chose to be our son forever. And always. And Steve is married to a wonderful woman, and they have fantastic kids, three, and he's living his dream of having a loving and very stable family. Just an aside, you might have noticed we have two Steves. We collect them. Watch out. Many touches from the Holy Spirit are very gentle, like presence when you're in pain, comfort in times of sorrow a nudge to reach out to another or speak up about social injustice. I want to read a prayer that Paul prayed for his people. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the heavenly, at his right hand in the heavenly realms. In wrapping up, I invite you to keep your eyes open, pause and pray in humility and safety, knowing that you are seen you are heard, you are loved. Make space in your heart for the spirit of God to live and help you live a life that brings joy to you and to God. Lean in and be led by the creator of the universe and the lover of your soul. And then a benediction, which is very often read on Trinity Sunday. May the love of God the Father, the glory of the risen Christ, and the power of the Holy Spirit be upon you and all those with you. Amen.
That's it. That's it. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing with us, Kathy. Well, um, it was a joy. Yeah. I just, uh, we happen to have like a group of people here and it, it was great to, to hear like just the group. I wish you could have been here to hear the group response. <laughs> and yeah, I just, um, I pray for all of us this week that we would have a moment, whether it's a heron or an ant with its lunch or a moment of like feeling like we're doing the thing God made us to do, or we are with someone and we receive like a tangible, a hug, an I see you moment that we would hear that as a whisper from heaven, that little confirmation that like God sees us and God loves us. And God is so secure in God's self that God does not need us to be less in order for God to be more. And so that for all of us in this community together. So I have just, um, Kathy, do you have a, a final thought for us before, before I do the roundup slide? Uh, maybe a review of lean in and be held by the creator of the universe and a lover of your soul. <laughs> <laughs>